Hi guys, and welcome back to the Muscle Mentors podcast. I am here with Luke. How are you? You're good. Very good. Uh, we, this is a uh, guest guest uh, interview episode three, I believe. So we started with Will, then we had Jake, and now we've got one of our favourite humans ever, Mr. Ryan Carter. How are you, Ryan? I'm very good, thank you. How are you? Good, thanks, mate. Good. Um, one of the reasons why we wanted to get Ryan on, obviously, we've spoken a lot about the microbiome. We've spoken a lot about digestive health. We've spoken a lot about the the gut in general and how we can optimize one's performance, health, recovery um, in relation to that. Now, Ryan is someone that lives and breathes this every day, um, and he's someone that, in in our eyes, and everyone that knows him will, will attest to this, practices what he preaches every day, um, and he's. A normal guy that is basically taking this all on board. He's done an incredible amount of studying. Um, he's very practical in his way of in his way of living and um, applies this on a daily basis. And for someone to come on the podcast and, and speak about this and talk about his daily rituals, his daily habits, his opinions on different things is going to be very valuable to not only me and Luke but all of the listeners as well. Um, so I know Luke is obviously very excited about this as well. Um, we'll start by from you, Ryan, just giving us. Uh, kind of a, a little introduction in terms of your background and how you've got to where you are today in terms of you know what sparked the interest and, and how are you where you are today so what probably sparked everything was probably I took an antibiotic basically and it just screwed me uh, <laughs> basically yeah um, so uh, on my own health journey um, it basically started when I just started going to the gym um, and I was doing chronic cardio I thought I was already big and I didn't need muscle mass or need to lift weights. And then I just started doing chronic cardio. Uh, I was in a bit in a lonely, a lonely place right there. My girlfriend at the time, she moved away and I was by myself. Started eating loads of carbs, not really educated about my nutrition. And then that basically uh, went to weight loss, went to anorexia. And I was around 55 kilos, which is very, very um, light. How tall are you, Ryan? I am five foot ten, five foot eleven, I think. Yeah, five foot ten. And um, so I was 55 kilos. Basically, broke down. Um, my parents helped me out a little bit at the time, but then I got introduced to a guy at my local gym, and he basically took me under his wing, educated me about paleo. Uh, lifting weights and I trained with him for about a year um, he was some Brazilian dude uh, he lived he, who was like raised in America so he obviously knew about stuff like bulletproof paleo primal this kind of stuff and he was just feeding me with this information um, he went away and basically I just stuck my head in loads of books put some earplugs on listened to loads of podcasts and just dive straight into it and then met a few personal trainers on the way, um, educated myself with a few courses, found myself, and then started doing bodybuilding basically and eating well. Um, met a guy called Matt Lovell, who educated me even further, went on a few of his courses. Um, I met Mark Coles, who taught me more about like uh, exercises and a few things like that. Um, then obviously I learned from you as well, Callum. Um, and then basically, uh, but that, but then yeah, I was basically at a sort of 
healthy weight, I put on some muscle mass. But how I got there, that's where a few of the issues arise, um, which I was trying to uncover. Well, I was going around in a sort of circle. I had so many like food sensitivities, allergies. Um, I kept on getting cold. Basically, I felt like I was getting drunk or drugged, walking around like completely spaced out. And at this time, I was eating quite a lot of protein. And the protein source was predominantly bluefin tuna because I was mad about sushi. And obviously, bluefin tuna is incredibly high in mercury and mercury in the body is very very dangerous it just causes so many dysregulations in so many um systems i digestive i endocrine i nervous everything basically and that uncovered issues in my gut with candida i with low glutathione um everything. And then on top of that, even further, when I thought I found the root cause of it, it was because I was actually working in my dad's shop at the time, which is an antique business. And that had a basement, which had loads of mold in. So mold is even worse than mercury on top of that, which downregulates your NRF2 pathway, which further depletes your glutathione. So basically I was screwed. But uh, then I found a nutritionist called Mark Doyle. And um, he sorted a few things out, done organic acid test, done my 23andMe. Obviously, um, my methylation was a bit shit. So MTFHR, a few other genes like COMPs and whatnot. And started working on that. My methylation improved. Actually, in that time, because my methylation is so on point now, where I always fine-tune my methylation, my increase in muscle mass is pretty damn good. And my calories are like if I told someone my calories now it's around about 2,500 yeah I'm like 101 kilos and like, I'm pretty big but yet my calories are only 2,004 like 300 it's like how does this work and I just put it down to like fine-tuning everything fine-tuning the systems fine-tuning the stress response fine-tuning the nutrition which we're obviously going to talk about more and just like fine-tuning things connecting with exercise which I learned big time from Callum how to like really connect and contract the muscles, squeeze the shit out of it. And like just doing like 10 sets or like 10 to 15 sets. And that's all you need to do before I was doing like two hours in the gym, just killing my body, taxing everything. And then obviously besides there's some biohacking hacks, like before we jumped to this podcast, I was in my infrared sauna for like 20 minutes. There's a few bits pieces around me as well, but it's all about the fundamentals and just like, yeah, that's it. So when I'm on a random one, but yeah, that, that's it. And that's where I am now. So it's just like, I'm starting to become a nutritional therapist. I work with a few online clients. I work in a hyperbaric oxygen therapy clinic in London. Um, I work for an IV clinic as well in London. Uh, just a few bits and pieces. There's a food business as well, which I've started in the background. And obviously, yeah, there's going to be me, a nutritional therapist. I have a social media page as well which you all should be following if you didn't already, uh, mm. nutrition. And that's it. That's where I am right now speaking to you guys. That's insane. I, think that, that, yeah. I was going to say, for those that don't know Ryan's uh, Instagram page, it's uh, Live Vite. So Live and then V-I-T-A-E. Um, you know so what that means, though? I want to say Live Well, right? Well, Vite is life in Greek. 
Uh, live life. Yeah, live life, basically. Okay, sweet. There we go. And um, and that's basically what he's doing. Um, but the yeah, for those that don't follow it, do so because it is an, an awesome, awesome page and one of the most colourful ones you'll yeah. see, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a fascinating journey and one that I can relate to in terms of dealing with some of the gut issues. But I think you you definitely have to overcome a lot more. Um, that's awesome, though. Um, but Cal, you were going to say something. I think the one thing to like appreciate about Ryan is that if you went on his Instagram or you you follow the stories or whatever, and you see him doing all this fancy stuff like hyperbaric chambers, IV, like all the all the hacking things that he's implemented in his life, it's probably the most important thing to realize is that like he's got the basics on lockdown before any of the stuff is even happening, and like nutritionally, stress management, sleep. All these things have been optimized before he did any of this fancy stuff. So, like, he's he's one person to kind of, if you were going to epitomize someone that's kind of got his shit under control, Ryan looked optimizing all these basic things before any of this stuff. Would you agree, Ryan? Definitely. Uh, one of the best, most important things is what you put on the end of your fork or on your hands if you want to be very primal. Eat with your hands. It's more connect, like, there's going to be more connections with your food. Improved. Um, bacteria from your hands going into your gut, all these kind of things. But yeah, the fork is one of the most powerful forms of medicine. Mm, absolutely. And um, I mean, for, for, as I say, for the hacking side of things, like you're talking about the sleep, like for those that can't, well, no one's going to be able to see this video, but we're talking to Ryan, he's got a salt lamp over his right shoulder. He's wearing his aura ring. Have you got yours um, Say again? Where's yours? You got yours on? No, they're taking their sweet, sweet time with that. Like, uh, I, I think I'm away at the moment and it's probably been delivered, so I probably missed, I have to get well, it on I haven't, got, I haven't got my new one anyway, so don't worry about that. Oh, yeah. Well, I ordered it in November. <laughs> and it's, uh, and it was on pre-order, but they've taken it. Don't worry, you'll love it. You'll love it, don't worry. Yeah. But, but that's, that's like, you know, do we need to wear an aura ring to track our sleep? Probably not. But the, the fact that, you know, you can implement that sort of thing to, to track these variables and make sure they're as optimal as they can be is just another way to to make sure you're absolutely nailing it. And, and you know, Ryan is just a testament to where everything is, is as optimal as it can be. And, um, and it's pretty cool stuff. And um, I think that's an area we're going to touch on today is kind of going into... How the, the, today is mainly going to be a chat about how we can practically implement a lot of the things we've speak, we've well, Callum and I have spoken about recently with people with regards to food, with regards to optimizing lifestyle factors and and sleep and stuff like that. And you know, Brian has a lot of experience in that area, so it should be cool. Well, let's start. You want to throw, throw some topics out, Luke. We'll start running. Yeah, well, I think I think the biggest. I mean, you, we'll, we'll go straight on to the food thing. I mean, you mentioned that you know the fork is one of the best forms of medicine out there. I mean, is that? Do you want to expand on that kind of the what sort of what are the sources of food we should be shooting for? Like, how would you construct a diet for you? Like, what what are the things that you kind of think that everyone should be doing, or at least considering? Well, it's all the, it's all very highly dependable on the individual, of course, and what yeah. they personally like and what they can, they cannot do. Time, but everyone has time, really, um, to some extent. But the most powerful thing I would say, and you love, is all about plants. 
like mm. plants are where the magic happens basically um, mm. just from the phytonutrients the role that you sort of delved into on your last guest talking about how um it affects bacteria in your gut i was listening to a podcast the other week called uh, and it was talking about plants and the post probiotic uh, probiotics as well of how these phytonutrients work in the gut the energy signals that they create all these kind of things but plants is where it happens obviously we're going to try and aim for it to be organic it's going to have more nutrients i really don't listen to any nutritional values so much so on the packet of things anymore um in terms of sugars even i just think it's all bs uh soil they sort of rig the soil nutrients as well is it really going into the plants don't really think so um but yeah organic ideally variety of plants different colors different cooking methods tons and tons of spices tons and tons of sp uh, herbs different kinds of cooking fats um different sources of protein wild got wild game which we we're just talking about um doesn't have to like frozen foods as well yeah. frozen berries just 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 endless amounts of uh, variety is just going to be so many that's it's just going to be so much so many more varieties of phytonutrients yeah. uh just a broad spe spectrum and uh yeah you can take supplements but it's the fiber it's the phytonutrients that we really need for optimal health mm. uh, so and that's true like you know you say you can take supplements and and it's where you know you compare. I, I, well, actually, Doctor B in our interview with with Doctor Will Bolsovich, he mentioned this where you know you, you're taking people are taking lots of supplements that the body doesn't necessarily recognise in the same way. So you have a uh, you know a potato or you know like a, a purple potato or something like that that has all this you know vast array of nutrients that are in this hugely bioavailable form for the body. With, uh, and then you compare that to super dosing you know 300 milligrams of magnesium from in a tablet the body's going to recognize the the smaller amount of magnesium that you'll probably get in the potato and probably absorb that far more efficiently and that's where it comes back to all these food sources that you know they're all in natural forms and and yeah you mentioned the soil as well that you know there's been issues with soil in that they're very depleted in nutrients and there's stuff that holds the nutrients in the soil and prevents those from getting into the veggies so we have to get more of those veggies in our diet but to get you know if we're going to look to optimize nutrient delivery to our bodies we want to be going as natural as we can possibly get and then but then you get the role of you know you do get times where supplements are really useful but you've just got to know when and how to use them and not go completely overboard of do course you agree? definitely yeah. it's all about testing as well if you can find a practitioner you can do tests on you and you can actually see what you're missing what's the weak link in the chain what your body maybe like not digesting or or things like that before you even take a supplement and nowadays like tests are relatively cheap and like what they were a few years ago who would you use ryan uh well i'm not registered to give out tests um i I, I just I have a few friends who I get who if I went to the test or my nutritionist I just say right. can I do this test here and they just they just do it and then obviously you need someone who can read it interpret it because that's another skill set and then obviously you need an action plan like you just okay you might be deficient in 
B5, but what's the root cause of it? Why, what, what's happening with uh, the processing of it? What's it going to interact with? Is it a stress management thing even? Is it just getting depleted from stress and, uh, or blood sugar dysregulation or, or something like that? It could be just some, some, something so simple. Mm. Um, but yeah. Just, just, move, just moving on to when you said about um, your food selection as well, and you were talking about organic, like to give some kind of practical advice to, for the listeners to run with, like what would you opt to buy organic with if you were going to make some changes to your diet and start to select foods differently? Like what's the first go-to to buy organic? The first foods I'll probably buy organic is the ones that you probably are having the most. That's okay. the most important thing. So if you're eating a shitload of spinach, make sure it's going to be organic because it's going to be a predominant thing in your diet. Then you can obviously look into the, uh, the Dirty Dozen Clean 15, which is the EPW, is it EPW? I think. Uh, EWG. EWG. Yeah. Uh, they have a PDF form which shows you the pesticides and chemicals, sprays, whatnot in the most contaminated contaminated food sources and they're, they're probably important to get organic mm. and things like avocados and stuff like that stuff with a hard shell or exterior or skin you don't need to buy organic but definitely if protein is a big portion of your macronutrient split i would do my best in probably not buying my protein sources from things like muscle food muscle food because like offering five kilos of 10 pounds of chicken breast is just like 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 that i like yeah. less like like it's all about quality of me and less is more i don't have a lot of protein in my diet i really believe in like quality protein sources just yeah just for like the better amino acid profile everything mm. like it's the energy of as well of the food and like if you if you're a big believer in like energy and spirituality spirits like spirituality spirit i couldn't say it, but like spirituality. spirituality um then you're gonna like like if an animal is happy you'll taste it in, in the food and like you'll know when an like an animal has been raised poorly like poorly like you can taste it mm. um so yeah it's quality first for me with protein um fat as well if you can eat fatty meat, really, really get quality fatty meat. Things like pork, um, bacon, uh, beef as well. Grass-fed beef. I just, I like. If there was an option to eat, like, if I, if it was a, if like, if I was out and there was a breakfast option of like bacon, sausages, and I didn't really know if it was good quality, I would just fast. I just wouldn't eat it, mm. and just, just, just fast, opposed mm. to eating crap. I'm glad you mentioned fasting because um, that's uh, like I was on a guest on a podcast recently and I spoke about that. Um, but like, what are your views on fasting? Like, how, how to implement that? What, what the benefits would be and stuff like that? Um, obviously, make it fit within you if you can manage it, if you can handle it. It's very stressful as well if your body's got a lot of shit going on, if you're detoxifying, if your blood sugar regulation is crap and fasting yeah it might not be good for you but if you can handle it if you do it without thinking if it feels good if it's like if it fits your schedule i'm all for it but you don't need to go anal about it even like a 12-hour fast isn't very beneficial 
16 hour fast is great. Obviously, then you've got gender specifications, uh, gender differences to, to, to look at. Even like a 12, 24 hour one, a few of my friends have done like a 72 far, uh, water fast. Um, but it's all about can your body handle it? Because when you're fasting, you will be detoxifying at a quicker rate as well. Yeah. So um, depends on the individual. But I, I like it. I do it for a di- like digestive health point of view. Um, yeah, it just works. It fits my schedule, fits my lifestyle. So I do it. Some days I don't fast. I think that the fitting the lifestyle is good. And for like some of the, the PTs out there, this is something that I forgot to mention when I spoke about it, that it is a great way to be able to maintain a busy schedule without having to worry about food. Yeah. Um, on there's days where if you're, if you're a PT or anyone who has a lot of things on a specific day every week, you know, implementing fasting on a day like that would probably be quite a good idea because you, you kind of remove the stress of having to eat and you can focus on what you're doing. And then you also gain the benefit, the health benefit of, of, you know, in detoxifying things at a faster rate and healing the gut lining. And there's certain brain, um, like neurological benefits to fasting. So it's a cool thing to do. Um, and it's good that you bring up the gender differences as, as well. So, uh, yeah, there's loads of stuff. It's cool though. I'm glad you, glad you agree that that's. Just I definitely there. do think everyone should be at least doing like a circadian sort of fast. Like mm. You don't want to be eating around the clock. Um, I'm not a big fan of people snacking as well. Like if you're going to eat, eat like, I just think if you're keeping just food, like feeding your body, like every two, like you mentioned this before as well, feeding your body every two hours or three hours, that's just going to be a backlog of food. Mm. Like time management point of view, stress and like you should be sitting down, chilling, relaxing when you're eating every, like every, every time you eat is an opportunity to grow or to like, to benefit your body. Like your, your body is basically like a health bank. It's like you've got to insert coins each time because daily, like things are coming out, stress, toxins, um, bad sleep, training, which is obviously very depleting of energy. All these kind of things. Your, your, your body's like a bank. Mm. That's a nice way of looking at it, actually. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And then it's about you want to make sure you're depositing the right quality of stuff in there, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's good. Um, so yeah, I mean that's um, that's a, a cool view on some of the the food side of things. I mean, I mean, are there things you'd want to delve into? I mean, I know you've spoken before about um, people like I've I've mentioned before about including certain veggies like cruciferous veggies and stuff like that, um, and people can have issues with that if they're you know because of the sulfur content and stuff like that is that something that you you clued up on you want to talk about well obviously i've pretty got some SIBO going on with my with myself uh with me as well so i just go as much as i can tolerate so i just quickly so SIBO is uh small intestinal bacteria for those that don't know and fodmaps and stuff like that you need to be wary of but obviously that just goes back to the individual. But then that comes into being mindful of what you're eating. If you're adding so many ingredients into your food, there's no way of being trackable. Um, if I just make a huge salad with like 15 different ingredients and I get bloated or I get some gas afterwards, it's like, how am I going to know what one's what? And like, that's when it's quite good. So when you're start, starting to work with someone is to 
have a minimum amount of food or selection and then just slowly add in a vegetable or a fruit or a spice or a herb each time and then just go from there and build it up and then you'll be able to track and um, be more mindful in what's going in your body. Mm. And it's the same thing with supplements as well. If you're having like a pre-workout stack of like, uh, I don't know, just endless supplements, like, you're, like there's no way you're going to know what's causing you to like suddenly urinate crazy or get jitters or something like that. It's just, it's just so, so hard to pinpoint. So that's when it's good to actually get a little bit refined, right, have a food diary as well. Not, like, not, I'm not a big fan of like tracking calories per se on my fitness, my fitness power and anything, but just have a little note section on your phone and just write down what you're eating that day and then just correlate because some of these reactions can take like 72 hours to come up or some could be pretty immediate. Um, so that's very good to have. And just like rotating as well, rotating your foods, not eating the same protein um, each meal. I find that very, very good. Um, yeah, because protein is very, uh, there's a lot of food sensitivities in, in protein, mm. especially like eggs, um, seafood as well. Just on the topic of protein, I, I think it's quite unique how you source most of your animal protein, but like you typically use like farmer's markets or like different places to source good quality stuff, right? Yeah, farm, my pharmacy, farmer's market. Yeah, that's where, that's where I go. <laughs> um, I'm a big fan of the farmer's market. Luckily, I live in London and there is a, um, a number of them around town. But you can go to the website. I think it's London's far londonfarmersmarket.com or .co.uk or just message me on Instagram and I'll point you in the right direction. But I'm a big fan of them. I like going to my local butchers. And the thing about going to like, your local butchers and farmer's market is actually talk to someone. When you talk to someone, you're, break you're connecting a uh, relationship. And you're going to be nice to them. You're saying, hey, John, how's it going, mate? Da -da 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 -da. This was great. This, I cooked this this way. He's going to connect with you. And then you're going to build a relationship. And he's going to chuck some sausages in there. Or he's going to chuck a, like an extra chicken breast in there. Or he give you a discount. And like, I've got local butchers around the corner. Um, and they give, like, like, it's insane. They give me, like, a lot of meat. Uh, really, really cheap. They give me a huge discount. Just for me being nice to them and talking to them and giving, me, giving them some time and... Uh, being friendly and it costs nothing and the benefit you get in terms of the quality is, is huge so. well, yeah and like you don't need to cook with fancy um fillet steaks sirloin steaks ribeye steaks chicken breast um there's so many more variety and cuts of meat which are overlooked um the leaner it is the more usually the more expensive it is but then you look at organ meats obviously you have to be careful because they do they do contain a lot of iron and obviously iron feeds sort of a few pathogens and biofilms and, and whatnot but they they're really really cheap <clears throat> and um chicken fries they're high in k2 opposed to chicken breast and um there's just there's just so many different varieties out there and the same thing with fish we we live on an island <clears throat> and we have cold waters around us so why not make the most of it get some mackerel get some like anchovies sardines eat with the seasons as well i don't i when i buy when i when i do go into supermarkets usually somewhere like waitrose that i find that organic section is pretty good although it's heavily wrapped in plastic which is very irritating for me i just hate it um but i usually buy the seasons i'm not going to buy like strawberries from Argentina in the winter it just it just doesn't make sense and I'm not a big fan of like 
um, my, my carbon footprint as well when I reduce that just for being human. Um, so yeah, and I, I'm a, in my diet as well, I'm a big believer of eating the seasons and that will correlate to macronutrients as well. For example, in the summer, I'll be eating more berries and fruits and stuff like that. In the winter, I'll be fasting more and having more root veg mm. and um, having more fat. And um, yeah, it's just like, I'm a big believer in like adaptability of humans. And that's how we've come so far is our, our adaptability and um, everything, basically. That's it. That's awesome that you mentioned that because that was... That's that's one of the things where I said before that one of my theories is how how we should be eating is is how similar to how we've evolved to eat through the seasons of you know in the winter months we'll, that food would have been more scarce and we'd have been fasting more and having more obviously root veg and then eating more meats because that would be more, what was more available but not having a ton of it and then in the summer it would be a case of having those all the all the ripened fruits and, and summery fruits and veggies and stuff like that and meat would kind of reduce a little bit more um but it's also interesting but it's also interesting because then you'd think everybody wants that summer body but then they'll be exposed to more food on an evolution sort of point in the summer but everybody wants that lean body that summer body for the summer when it'd be actually more harder because we have so much sources of food and it should be actually the other way around in like the winter and the coming into spring that's when we should really on a seasonal perspective be leaner and that was i think what they tended to do they would people would over consume on on these uh you know fruits and and just due to the abundance of available food in those summer months that would actually probably fatten them up a bit leading into winter and then they would kind of survive off that fat going through the winter and then where they'd be producing more ketones and stuff during fasted states, and then they would come back into the summer looking pretty shredded and then <laughs> bulk up again going into winter. And it's kind of, yeah, you're right, it's flipped on its head. So that's pretty cool. Mm. Yeah, uh, so farmer's markets is where I usually get all my vegetables. Sometimes I go to Whole Foods, but I just end up getting like pissed off with some of their promotions and their, their marketing tactics and some of the shit fake fake health foods that they sell um yeah that that irritates me so i usually just stick into independent establishments supporting people i believe in basically mm. well, that's the thing like I, 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 would you agree that if you're going to label something a health food you, you wouldn't typically look to see some sort of ingredient label on that no because like real food has no ingredients Exactly right. It is real, food, real food is food. Like when I see when I see like vegan vegan, uh, paleo, gluten free, dairy free, soy free, I'm like, holy shit! What the fuck has it got in it? <laughs> like, what is it containing? Mm-hmm. It's true. Yeah. So what so what are your views on things like dairy and gluten and stuff like that? Are they, are they things that are present in your diet, or would you? tend to preference their removal uh like like with anything it's all down to the individual but i have i don't i don't eat gluten Mm. um i don't eat wheat i don't eat grains i eat a shitload of plants um i have butter ghee Mm. they sit with me fine um i digest them well 
um, I eat quite a lot. I eat a few nuts. I don't go crazy on nuts. That's where I find people have issues, especially nut butters, peanuts, especially like it's just caloric dense. Mm. Um, they, like, they contain some anti-nutrients as well, but that's not a huge problem. But yeah, predominantly I, I would like to eat more pulses and chickpeas, but with my gut at the moment, I get, uh, they don't really sit well with me. So I avoid them or I have a little bit of them. Um, I love cacao, chocolate. Mm. I love I, like you did yesterday. Have a, a crazy um, chocolate session. Yeah, yeah, it was dark chocolate, though. People. So. <laughs> yeah, it was it was really, really sorry. And I'm on holiday. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I avoid like, but it's like when you get when you go on like one of these restrictive diets. When you when you say to yourself, "Oh, I'm I'm paleo. I'm not eating gluten. I'm not eating grains." You think to yourself, oh, I can't eat anything. And then you opt for these like gluten-free products and they do contain like not great ingredients and uh, sus- suspect ingredients. It's like, but then you just think to yourself, how many plants are there out there in like how many varieties of plants are there? Go to your, go to your Asian supermarket or like it's endless. The amount of Chinese vegetables that there is, it's, it's unbelievable. But then I'm, I live in London and someone might not be exposed to that. Um, yeah, shopping avocado is okay as well, but then yeah, but yeah, it it, it it all depends on loads of variables, and it doesn't really like everyone says it costs a lot of money to eat well. I, I really disagree with that. Mm. Um, Your post was good yesterday about that, actually. I like that. Yeah, yeah, Ryan's done quite a few posts on you know comparing the prices of of certain meals that are kind of equated in calories, and it isn't more expensive. <laughs> like people buy a, a tub of coconut almond butter for like 17.50 or 18 pounds or something and then like a huge pile of vegetables will only just costing like 10 pounds and like, like nutrient for nutrient it's just going to be so much better to just buy the vegetables and it's like it's an essential vegetables and nut butter is a non-essential mm. um yeah and just even like changing things up and like duck eggs is another great one eating duck eggs nutrient for nutrients cheaper than eating hen eggs like duck eggs contain like much more nutrients than hen eggs and it's just all about variety because then like hen eggs there's a lot of um sensitivities people get a lot of sen- people get sensitive to eggs if you're having it like more than like five times a week there's mm-hmm. changing it up uh quail eggs if you can bother to peel them <laughs> yeah but yeah i mean you mentioned the, the veggies there and, and stuff like that and it, it just brings me back like because of the soil depletion and and the lack of nutrients in these veggies compared to years ago, is um is there a, a number that you shoot for in terms of servings of fruit and veggies a day, or that you would recommend? Uh, as much as you can. Yeah. Uh, I don't set myself a target with veg consumption or product consumption. I just mm. eat what I feel like, and mm. uh, like sometimes there's nothing in my fridge, and I just have to make do what I have. Mm-hmm. Um, but like yesterday, if I had to count, I probably had like 15 different kinds of fruit and vegetables. Um, in how many meals? Uh, I, think I, had three, <laughs> I think I had three meals yesterday. Yeah, that's crazy. That's nice. Five in each meal. That's good. Um, so there you go. I mean, that's, a, that is an idea of the variety people should get. And that's one of the things that I get a bit frustrated with with clients is when you say i want you to eat more types of veggies and then they eat like three types of veggies across the week and you're like oh, guys 
There's so many out there. <laughs> the, um, um, but the, you know, so say you had someone who was, you know, only eating three types of veggies across the week. Would you, would you recommend that they work themselves up to a greater variety, like you said, more gradually? Or would you think that that sort of thing is safe to just say, just dump in a load more and see how you go? Well, it depends how sensitive they are, how sensitive their gut is. Mm. I suppose that's how you find out. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah. But um, like you can add it in slowly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, And And if you are only eating three types of vegetables, like you can do so many things. There's so many different, uh, so many different cooking methods to change it up. Like for example, like broccoli. Let's take broccoli for example. You can just yes. steam the frets, take the stalk, cook the stalk separately. You can spiralize the stalk or you can slice the stalk into sort of like steaks and then grill them. And, or you can use them as crude, uh, what do you call them? Like the dipping things. Um, then you can actually get the florets and you can rice them, make broccoli rice. And that's how we were talking about on a post a few weeks ago about sulforaphane and how to activate it um, by grating it and then leaving it to sit on the side. Do you want to explain what sulforaphane is for people? Uh, well, you're probably better in that position. So you, you, you know probably more about it. So you, you can fire with that one, Luke. Oh, really? <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> <like to speak. laughs> no, no. <laughs> no. So sulforaphane is just this compound that's in found in a lot of these cruciferous veggies that gives it that sulfury taste, actually. So like, if you cut up a load of raw broccoli and leave it, get this quite pungent smell of sulfur and that's that but it's it's, it's a it's a compound that i think it's one of the most anti-cancerous compounds like like in, in our food chain but it um, it's used quite amazingly in phase two liver detoxification so it's involved in kind of converting a lot of the um recycled hormones that come through our liver and, and kind of making them into less toxic forms. So this is pretty, pretty powerful. It's an NRF2 uh, activator as well. There you go. Boom. Yes, yeah, so it's good stuff. And that, and that, so when people, and there's a lot of women out there that will benefit from increasing their consumption of cruciferous veggies to aid in like estrogen detoxification and stuff. But again, you have to be, you have to make sure you can handle that amount of sulfur um, and you wouldn't want to bang that, you know, you wouldn't want to double it or triple it straight off the bat. That'd be one that you'd want to work up gradually, see how you respond and be smart about how you're cooking it. So like, you know, Rod said, there's ways that you can cook broccoli that destroy that compound. Um, and then there's ways that you can do it that kind of preserve it. And like there, there's a, there's a little enzyme that's needed to, um, activate sulfurephane which is why I mean do you want to talk about what happens when you cut broccoli up leave it activating myronase aren't you yeah yeah myronase yeah one of that and um, and that basically you have to how long do you leave it for 20-30 minutes on the side yeah and um, and that will then activate that sulfurephane but when people Smack, you know, get a whole load of broccoli and whack it in a in a boiling water for 10, 20 minutes. They just kill it straight up. Why do people boil broccoli? I like, don't get it. Right. it. Tastes like shit as well. No, like, so I mean, yeah, you can steam it, you can roast it, grill it, but obviously cooking does like 
um, remove some of the nutrients. So you are going to somewhat like deplete some of the nutrients. Then if you're having it raw, it's like a fine, fine, like seesaw of the balance of destroy nutrients, then get nutrients. And it's just a fine line. And then you can look at like having a little bit of fat with some of them to increase the absorption and combining it with like radishes as well. Uh, just like a normal English radish or you can use wasabi as well, which is like horseradish flavor, or you can use like mustard, mustard powder, I think it is, mm. which actually activates it even further as well. Mm. But yeah, I like using wasabi ginger into my broccoli. Um, everything, just, spices, just go crazy with the spices. There's so many out there, like yeah. coriander. Um, yeah. Most of them as well have, have all these amazing anti-inflammatory and like, the effects that support the body in a very natural way. Like I always recommend clients you start using like curry powders because it's loaded with all these insane. Well, I'd say make your own curry powder because the stuff in the jars are just going to be like two years old and you don't know where the factories left spices or how they're sourced. And that's a big thing with like black pepper. Black pepper is very contaminated with, um, uh, is it mold or some other things? So if you're going to get black pepper, black pepper's more for candida, isn't it? Yeah, well, I, I think there's a few things. Like it's it's just like in general, spices buy them whole and ground them yourself. Get a pestle and mortar. It's so therapeutic as well, grinding up your spices. Mm. Um, and the same thing with like coffee. If you're big, if you if you have a lot of coffee, get some fresh coffee beans and then just get a grinder. It's such a nice thing to do and like it tastes completely different. Coffee's contaminated. Like in the UK, it's, it, we're pretty good with our uh, testing, but in the US, it's really, really bad. It's like US get crap that like the uh, China don't want and they get like secondhand uh, rejected coffee and chocolate. So in the UK, we're, we're pretty lucky with that aspect. But um, just buying like everything whole and then just cooking it yourself. It's the same thing with like nuts. Um, you don't need to buy activated nuts in packets. You can just do it yourself at home. Um, if you want vegetable crisps, you don't need to buy a packet for like for three pounds for like 20 grams. Just do it yourself. Just get some kale. Um, and even like the temperature, how, how it is in England, you can do it yourself in, in, at your home. Just leave it on the side and it'll cook. Mm. Um, just all these things like you can do it yourself. Same thing like chickpeas and hummus. Make it yourself. It's so cheap. Soak the chickpeas or same thing, chai seed pudding. It's a great one for fiber. Um, yeah. All these things, you just, it just takes like literally five minutes, do it the night before, go to bed and bang, it's there. Yeah. And that's the thing, people. You, there's all these benefits out there. But if you're lazy as fuck, yeah. <laughs> you're going to start on the benefits. So, if it, you know, so it's a case of you've got to be proactive and, and actually want to do it. Um, yeah, so what, what I do is usually I'm, I, I love food prepping to a certain extent and um, I just bang on a few podcasts and that's me for like two hours podcasts and then just prep bang it out Sunday morning rest of the day don't worry about it then do another midweek prep and then that's you, just, you only really need to prep two times a week and that's mm. it what are your views on like how you would prep stuff? So would you, I mean, you mentioned that you don't use plastic. So I imagine glass Tupperwares, things like that. So I work, well, I use like stainless steel. I, oh, yeah. I put my, like my bulk vegetables or meats in glassware. I, I, like, I do have some plastic, unfortunately, 
but I rarely use them. Um, but yeah, predominantly glass, and I carry around stainless steel. Mm. I've tried. I tried carrying around glass, and it was just. It, I just smashed so many things. Oh really? Yeah, I broke so three containers of glass. So whereabouts do you get your stainless steel ones for the people out there? Is that Amazon or? Uh, you can go on Amazon. Uh, I get mine personally from Black and Blue. Um, Sweet, I'm going to figure out. That question was for me, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, they, they have a great range of products and they're, they're really good. And they're about sustainability. Their designs are really nice. Uh, they're very functional. Uh, but you can go on Amazon to get some stainless steel or, or some glass. I mean, you can get some banded glassware but they're still chunky and heavy i just find stainless steel the way to go and people just do like plastic okay if you're gonna have plastic it's fine but please don't microwave your food in plastic and just like don't microwave your food in plastic just don't use a microwave just recycle it i'm glad you said that (laughs) there's not there's not studies supporting this but it's just pure common sense when you microwave something it's just going to destroy it I, can, I did find one study that said where allicin in garlic, it was it, a compounding garlic called allicin, which is a, which is a powerful um, antioxidant. It was destroyed by the microwave. And that just, that's not just garlic. Imagine what everything else for and everything. Just imagine everything else in plants is destroyed. Like not just looking at the micronutrients, but deeper than that. Yeah, I think um, there is studies now. I, I remember hearing. So there's one of the, one of the things in the in plants that people often tout as well. I say people, some experts tout as being one of the main things that helps um, you modify the growth of our guts for the better. Is these things called polyphenols, and they're kind of like these bitter compounds in in fruits and veggies, like the skins and stuff like that. And I think I'm, it's either. There's a seven and there's the nine. It's either ninety-seven percent or ninety-nine point seven percent of the um, those polyphenols get destroyed when you microwave um, veggie fruit and veggies. So it's um, for people out there that are always like, "Yeah, I get my veggies in, but I'm microwaving every meal." So you're not really getting veggies in. You're getting these like nutritionally substances that you can cook and prepare a lot better. But so I mean, you mentioned the. Glass Tupperwares then, so I reckon glass Tupperwares would be better for if you're storing stuff in, in fridges and stuff like that, right? Yeah, but like for more like long-term glass and then the out-and-out is Tupperware. And so do you... A cooler bag as well with some ice packs and just take it around with you. That's what I do. Yeah, that's not a bad idea. And then would you... Would you it, things like meat, are, you, are those things that you store for lengthy periods or would you tend to try and cook that more in fresh food and not store that for such a long time? Well, then you're just gonna, you, so you're going to touch on about histamines there because obviously <laughs> the longer you leave food prepared, the more growth or more like histamine, histamines are going to be there. So uh, it de- like, but then if you're going to have, lo- it depends on the, like, it depends yeah. on the individual, but then it depends if they're going to, if they're going to be having foods high in histamines anyway. Mm-hmm. It's all about histamines and a balance and about the, the individual so I can quite happily have red meat free, like if it's really good quality, three to four days, depending how it's cooked. I wouldn't have anything rare longer than three days. But if it's like mince or gra- like ground beef, I'd go four days max. Um, chicken, three days. Eggs, I just don't like to have preps. Eggs have got to be fresh. Really, if it's a nice steak, I like to have that fresh as well. Like... Um, 
vegetables, they start smelling after three days. And you can just like, it just smells, you just, just go by your nose really. Like, you know when something smells bad. Yeah. And for those that, for people that haven't listened to our podcast with Jake Carter, the one the guest before this, he, he, uh, he touched on histamines. But it's like, I think the biggest thing we can say to people is if you're someone that struggles with like persistent allergies, you know, being aware of his, you know, eating foods that are higher in histamine will be something that you should probably consider. Um, but yeah, that's an interesting one. But and and but one of the one of the things is that you get a lot of people that meal prep a lot of foods and they, um, you know, get these persistent kind of allergic responses to things. Um, and um, you know, like red red skin, itchy skin, red eyes, whatever, and, and they're not really sure of why that's the case. It could be because most of the stuff they're eating is is being stored for lengthy periods of time and it's building up the histamine content. So if you're someone like that, maybe consider it. So yeah, so lastly, I mean, what's, um, I suppose, what sort of things are you running at the moment from a, nutritional supplemental perspective but are you still dealing with your your gut issues or have you kind of got to the bottom of that my gut issues the they haven't i've i've been having i've been doing some probiotics oh yeah that's cool what ones do you what would you use that i use simproof yeah Um, how do you rate well, it's a daily thing i like the idea of it being daily but it's literally a drop in the ocean yeah like you were talking the other day it's a drop in the ocean um but it i think i find there's more benefits in eating organic fruit and vegetables plants it's going to be more helpful for your gut than a probiotic and there's no point of having a probiotic if you're just going to eat mcdonald's or like pig out on a cheat meal it's just like like it, it just you just go around in circles just to, like fundamentals then add a probiotic or increase your prebiotics if you can handle it um I think prebiotics are more important than probiotics. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, so I use that. Um, I'm still dealing with like mercury and mold, obviously. It doesn't go away overnight. So I take liposomal glutathione. I take IV glutathione. I use an infrared sauna when, when I can. Um, I use a hyperactive oxygen therapy center uh, clinic when I have time. I have a like a vibration platform for my lymphatic system as well, which you stand on and you, your body starts shaking, which moves like fluid around. Awesome. Um, I use a dry sauna. I use a filtered steam room in my gym. Filtered steam room, which is very important to make sure the water is filtered. Um, what else I do? Sometimes I do coffee enemas now and then if I have the time. Um, what else I do? I, I, I do other IV. I do magnesium IV. Um, but I really, like, I get, I'm pretty sensitive to some stuff. Like, I added in colostrum and I added a little bit of whey in, um, whey isolate. And I noticed my immune system just went bang. And it's actually just coming out now. So, like, you can, you pick these things up. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, I've, I've actually just added in some zinc carnosine recommended by Jake and that's helped me quite a lot. Um, yeah. 
I've really I, uh, yeah, just, I, just, I just test a few things not doing too crazy with supplements but just adding one thing at a time because then you can actually be like more mindful of how it's going to interact with as a whole body yeah so what, with the on the IV front is that something that you you reckon most people should be doing or is that again it like it depends and there's only certain cases yeah. where that's a good idea um they're well, pretty powerful I, right? it, it is but I actually I've taken loads of Giza Fire and I've taken, lo taken loads of different brands and they all work on a different kind of level one actually gives you give more energy one you feel more like working on detox like you're just pissing up like your urine's pretty yellow um one is like they all have their different degree iv is really iv works in a different like way yeah it's in your bloodstream but is it really going to your cell is it really doing work mm. um if you i like magnesium iv just just for like the volume of getting magnesium in but then i do notice my potassium and sodium just drop as well um it, it, it depends on what's going on with you like i don't think every like everybody needs it per se but if you can if you've got the income to do it why not right i think the, the glutathione is a cool one and for those that don't know glutathione is like is like the master antioxidant in the body well, yeah nrf2s are like your master but it's like your mother essentially yeah so it's like the, this incredibly powerful compound that is I want to say it's produced in the liver. I can't remember whether I'm right on that. Um, but it is, it leads the, the, the charge in terms of a lot of these detoxification pathways and stuff. And it's, it's, it's a very powerful thing. And, and it also gets, I mean, it's been found to be very depleted in people in due in this day and age due to the amount of stress we're dealing with now. And it's so for, you know, if people can get access to an IV therapy where they can really jack those levels up, I think that's quite a beneficial thing. Yeah, and also people who can't tolerate sulfur foods that will obviously having taken glutathione like overrides that whole process as well. So it would improve it. Well, yeah, if you can't handle the sulfur from cruciferous vegetables by just taking the glutathione is actually going to, I think it's going to be actually better. So it's going to buy caught the breakdown process. Oh, that's nice. I didn't know that. That's awesome. I meant to say as well, have you heard of a, a product called Seed? No. It's a probiotic. But you should check it out. So it's this, I was listening to a podcast the other day um, with, uh, and it's by Ara, Ara Katz. I don't know if you've heard about her. Nice. She, uh, so she's a... Terrible name. Ara Katz and Roger Deer, and they've made this this probiotic that they claim is unbelievable um and it's a daily one and according to them it's like the only one you'll ever need and they're, they're like specialized in the area but that that could be one if people want to check that out they they the podcast was that's so retrograde and there was someone that sent me the podcast and so i forgot who it was but it was a great podcast and it's pretty quirky but they're um they've got some cool info on probiotics on there and um and they seem to have thought that one out really, really well. Um, and also, they also seem to recognise the limitations with regards to probiotics as well. So it's cool. But you, you might want to check that out. I would. I've got it yeah. on my. I've already got it up already. Yeah. Still using? Uh, did you ever use that gut right by ATP Science Loop? 
Yeah, I, and that's like coming back to that polyphenol thing. Like that, these the guys at ATP Science made this product called Gut Right, which is basically a really it's like a greens powder, but it's just chock full of all these polyphenols that are kind of being lost in our diet, along with fiber, and that's how you know the skins of all the foods, the fruits and veggies we're eating have kind of been made a lot thinner in there losing their seeds and those are the guys you know the areas of these fruits and veggies that contain um these polyphenols and they, they're these like bitter technically poisonous compounds that like basically modulate our gut bacteria and like kill off bad guys and, and feed good guys and it's like um it seems like a pretty interesting product and I'm, I'm, i've used it. it seems to be pretty cool i've I'm using it with some clients and it's yeah, it seems to be interesting um but again, that like some people, you know, they claim everyone will need it. Whether that's the case is debatable. Um, but it's, you know, it's one to look into. It tastes pretty bitter. <laughs> so you have to mix it with stuff to make it taste nice, but it's, it's all right. Then you just um, take it down the hatch. Like I find when you take something, when you take something, it tastes like shit. Let's take it down, like, by itself and just, just, just don't mask it just take the hit yeah yeah and then and like I, I tend to mix it in if i make it like a greens powder sludge or something like that um i'll uh i'll put it in there or something but it's um it, yeah i think it, or you just be a man and, and nail it yeah. it's the same thing with like uh essential amino acids i take it unflavored yeah same and it's like I'm used to it now. At first, it's like, yeah. oh, what is this rancid crap? But now yeah. it's still pretty normal. And it's the same thing with like anything that tastes nasty. You just take the hip, man up. All yeah. Yeah. My like my intra training shake is is all unflavored ingredients, and it's um. I think if someone was to taste it, like now I taste it, it's absolutely fine because I'm so used. <laughs> yeah. to it. But if someone was to drink it, they'd be like, what on earth is that? <laughs> and it's like, it, you, once you do it, but it's also like the benefit when you, you know, if you remove um, all those sweeteners and stuff, you have, like, I noticed a huge benefit when I removed sucralose out of my diet. Big time. Um, like cravings. Yeah. Like modulated. Like, rem, like my cravings when, like, I, I, I have hardly anything. Like, I don't think, I think, I don't think I have anything artificial, artificial sugars. Yeah, the only sweetener I use at the moment is um, honey. <laughs> and that's not even a sweetener, that's just natural. Like, um, and I, I, I was, I, if I recommend any, if, you know, if I get a client to get a protein powder of some sort, I always say try and get a stevia sweetened one. Yeah. It's natural. Um, but yeah, the people that want to try that, you know, try dropping sucralose out. And um, and you might feel a pretty decent benefit because it does affect the gut bacteria. Like there, there's loads of studies where they're like, okay, sucralose, don't you know, passes through the body undigested, doesn't have an effect on calories and all that stuff and blood sugar, but it does have an effect on the gut microbiome. Um, and obviously, the gut microbiome. We're basically the gut microbiome in the human body. Boom. Exactly. I still have my drum. Might have fucking played it, but I don't. <laughs> yeah. no that's nice yeah well um i reckon we'll probably wrap up there but where can um obviously people know where they can find you on um on social media live the tay we'll tag but, um, 
and he's got all these exciting products. Uh, <laughs> products. Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Projects. Projects. <laughs> Projects coming up. Um, but um, yeah, I spe- and we'll ask you that question, like, because you you know some cool people in the industry, and like we said on the last one, we'll, we'll ask this to everyone now. But if you could pick three three mentors for the, for the rest of your learning career um or just for the foreseeable future in any aspect of life who would they be and why it would be the muscle mentors in number one hey, <laughs> hey. <laughs> and the podcast is over <laughs> um it's that's hard to say because there's so many like a variety of people who've helped me or who i've got knowledge from um just, I, I just say three people. I just say two people on Instagram and just be um, Max Lugavere. Yeah, he's, dude. He's a good one to um, get um, advice from or just pick up knowledge from his from his posts. He's more of a, like a keto approach, but then uh, just for like optimal health, I find him very good. Very good um, podcast as well, isn't he? Yeah, his podcast is good. Um, who else do I like? Uh, Like we were talking before, podcast-wise, Dr. Ruscio, Dr. Ruscio Radio. That was a good one. He is, mate. Dr. Ruscio, if you listen to this, you are one of my heroes. (laughs) Legend. Uh, I find his podcast good. His Instagram's pretty good as well. Yeah. But yeah, like there's a lot of uh, BS out there on Instagram as well. So um, it's hard to recommend because being like reality and Instagram's completely different. Mm-hmm. And you don't really see that, uh, but yeah, Max, Doctor Risho, just two people, and uh, the Model Health Show I find quite interesting on a podcast as well. It's more for general health, not specifically nutrition, lifestyle, mm-hmm. sleep. Obviously, he read he, read, um, he wrote the sleep book. Sleep smarter, yeah, Sean Stevens. Sleep smarter, that's it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that would be me, and obviously you two guys. I'm honored, honored. Much appreciated. No, well, it was a pleasure to have you on, mate. And um, really, really, really thank you for coming on. I am, I am disappointed I'm not actually coming to your seminar as well. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm a little Go bit... to the next one. Yeah. What, no, so we're, we're... what is the next one? I think, well, we're going to, this is going to be like the test. <laughs> See how we do. See if I buckle in front of a crowd. <laughs> um, I love but... it. No, no, I think it'd be good. And um, and then, um, I mean, if it goes really well, we'll probably do another one, like another couple before the end of the year. Yeah. Um, we'll definitely do this one in September twice this year. We're, we're already looking into places up north and potentially in Ireland for that. So mm-hmm. maybe, maybe Ireland. That's not confirmed. But yeah, that's cool. Um, but then but the way we're going to run it with seminars will be, and I, I don't know whether it will end up this way, but it's the way I want to do it is we'll kind of do a, a kind of a run of seminars that we'll do, do once and then we'll never do again. And then we'll do a different kind of series of seminars that will have kind of all evolved content, but it will be, uh, so people can have a reason to keep coming back. <laughs> so yeah, that would be cool. We're never going to have any four-year-old slides that never change year after year. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So that's cool. 
Um, but no, thank you again for coming on, bud. Thank you, Ryan. Thank you. We'll, uh, we'll have to get you back on at some point in the future. For sure. Right, we'll, uh, we'll wrap that up. But uh, yeah, thanks again, Ryan. I'll tag him in the post as well, so go and give him a follow if you don't already. And uh, we will speak to you guys soon. Welcome back, guys. That was Mr. Ryan Carter, a.k.a. Liberté. Um, very cool guy, which we will have definitely have back on at some point in the near future as well. Um, Luke, are you there? Yeah, I'm, I, was, I was saying to Cal, like, he's, Ryan is like one of the most genuine, nicest, trustworthy human beings. And, um, you know, immediately he just gives off a good vibe. You know, definitely won't will want to get back on. But also for those that don't know, and I know Ryan didn't mention it, he, he is a a an online coach and he you know is helping people pretty well and he's learned from some really great people and, and he's a very, very smart guy as you guys would have would have uh, been able to see or hear. Um and uh so yeah, if you want to get in touch with him then reach out to him on his uh, Instagram because he's a very, very cool guy. Mm. Indeed. Mm. Yeah, follow on Instagram. Sort your life out. Exactly. And um, yeah, pleasure to have one. But um, and yeah, I mean, I think all that's left to say is I hope you guys got some pretty cool, like tidbits and cool tips of ways to implement this kind of healthier lifestyle. Um, and um, and then uh, yeah, I mean, leave a rating, drop a review. Um, obviously it goes without saying everything that we discussed was uh, for kind of uh, educational purposes only I mean I don't think there was anything controversial in there <laughs> but, um, but it was all yeah educational purposes only and consult your healthcare practitioner before implementing any of the stuff we discussed in this episode should probably put that at the beginning but um, <laughs> the, um, the yeah and, and then for those that don't know still um, which you should know but Callum and I are doing a seminar in September and I think we, there are only a few spaces left now but yeah. if people want to look onto that then you there's still probably a short amount of time but you can get you can get booked onto that if you drop either Cal or me an email at Callum or Luke at the uk, we can send over like a PDF with all the information and pricing and stuff um, but yeah that's cool anything else you want to add? Yeah, we're good to go. Awesome. Um, I've got Alan on the podcast this coming Friday, and I'll drop that probably Saturday morning, uh, Mr. Alan Cress. Um, that's um, that's going to be Cal flying solo because I'm on holiday, and as much as I would have loved to be there for it, it's just, it was too difficult to time that one because difference in three, there, so. three different time zones. and. Um, and given Cal's area of expertise and his relationship with Alan, it made sense for him to see that one. So yeah, look forward to that. It'd be good. Be good. So, yeah, awesome. All right. Well, we we will uh, speak to you guys soon. And thank you again for listening. Yeah, and drop a uh, drop a rating and review if you guys enjoyed it. And uh, catch you next time. I'll probably catch you in a, in a couple of episodes, but you you have Cal next. Time. You'll be you'll be next week. Yeah. All right. Bye for now. Take it easy, y'all.